Most people do not realize this. But a priest makes his promises of prayer, obedience, and celibacy for the first time at his diaconate ordination, which is usually a year before he is ordained a priest. The months leading up to the diaconate require a great amount of prayer, because it is the diaconate that locks a guy into the vocation for life. Thankfully, as is true for all the men who go to Mundelein Seminary, I was able to spend nine weeks in the Holy Land during this crucial period of prayer, allowing me to experience some incredible intimacy with the Lord. My most important experience in the Holy Land came on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias, on the exact spot described in our Gospel today. As I read this Gospel, on the same beach where Jesus cooked fish and spoke with Peter, I had an inescapable feeling that Jesus was addressing these questions to me. Do you love me? he asked. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, I replied, standing exactly where St. Peter stood. And the Lord's response was inescapable. Then feed my sheep. What else could I do except submit to ordination? It was there on the Sea of Galilee that the Lord confirmed my vocation one final time, and since that day I have never doubted that it was God who called me to the priesthood. So, of course, in God's providence, it would be this gospel, one of the most important and meaningful gospels of my entire life, that I would get to read on the weekend— when I have to tell you that the Archdiocese will be assigning me to a new parish on July 1st of this year. Specifically, they will be making me the administrator and eventually pastor of Assumption Parish in Bellingham. I can tell you that for a whole host of reasons, I am thrilled about being assigned to Assumption. But this is not because I have any desire to leave the Skagit Valley. The thing about feeding Jesus' sheep is that you go wherever the chief shepherd sends you. When I got the call two years ago that I would be assigned here, I had never stepped foot in Skagit County. But I came anyway, and I realized how incredibly blessed I was to have this be my first assignment. The people here are collaborative, supportive, and loving. Priests often face a lot of resistance in their ministries, but here the feeling of a shared mission is palpable. Thank you for giving me such a beautiful start to my priesthood. I am also able to announce today that I will be replaced by deacon, soon-to-be father, Ben Bray, one of the three men being ordained in Seattle on June 22nd of this year. Deacon Ben is a personal friend whose energy and zeal are infectious, and you are so lucky to have him. I have no doubt that our communities will welcome and love him just as much as they have welcomed and loved me. Though I will miss the Skagit Valley, the hardest part for me about this move is that I know that it hurts our communities to have a revolving door of priests. I have heard about this hurt from so many people over the last two years. The core of ministry is relationship and it is painful to have to start a new relationship with a new priest every couple of years, even and especially if those priests are excellent. (laughs) In a normal situation, 
the regular coming and going of vicars does not cause this much pain. Because the pastor is a long-term stable presence and people are able to have their deep and meaningful relationships with him. Unfortunately, in a cluster situation, the pastor is stretched in millions of ways. So despite Father Martin's and now Father Tom's best efforts, our parishes feel the need to rely on their vicars for a lot of things that pastors often provide. And vicars move frequently, and the cycle of pain continues. As much as I want to, I cannot stop the cycle. But I can let you know why it keeps happening. With apologies to the beautiful sacramental events that are happening today, because I cannot control the timing of the diocese, this is not going to be a feel-good homily. But please know that it is a loving homily. Because I love you, I want you to know the truth, even if it's ugly. In 2015, our diocesan demographer published a white paper outlining historical trends and future challenges for our diocese, specifically in reference to the number of priests available. What struck me most was the fact that in 1995, according to this paper, we had 135 parishes and 135 pastors. Twenty years later, we had grown to 146 parishes, but had shrunk to 114 priests who were able to be pastors. That means that 32 of the smallest parishes in the diocese have had to cluster with larger neighboring parishes just so that they can have a pastor. And we have three of those smaller parishes in the Skagit Valley. The good news is that we're not alone. We are not being singled out, punished, or mismanaged. There are 29 other parishes in this diocese living the same reality. The bad news is that things are not going to get better. The demographer estimated that this gap would grow to 40 parishes without a pastor by 2025. And extra priests will not be coming to the Skagit Valley. Our parishes contain about 1.6% of the total population of the Archdiocese of Seattle, which is about the percent share of available priests we currently have assigned to us. So we should expect one pastor and one or two ever-changing vicars to be the long-term reality. Remember, vicars are not pastors for a reason, be it age, experience, or administrative capacity. And vicars will always be short-term assignments. When we rely on our vicars to be pastors, we set ourselves up for heartbreak. I should emphasize, of course, that our present crisis involves more than just priests. The number of Catholics who go to Mass and are engaged with their faith, relative to the total population, has plummeted in the last few decades and continues to nosedive. Our church is shrinking and will continue to shrink as our society becomes more and more ambivalent about and hostile toward religion. Given this reality, what are we to do? Anyone who has spoken with me about this directly, and I know many of you have, knows that personally I support merging our communities. Considered together, our parishes have healthy mass attendance, good volunteerism, and strong financial giving. But like armies throughout history, we severely weaken ourselves by fighting on multiple fronts. 
Consider, for example, that our total budget over our four parishes is about $1.5 million annually. That number sounds huge until we realize that we have to maintain buildings on five different campuses and we have to pay for four different sets of office staff. The same principle holds for finding liturgical coordinators or faith formation teachers. We have the generous people, but we are splitting them up four ways. And the same principle holds for the priests. Having to do everything four times does not leave them very free to be present to people or enter into relationship with them. I know that merging our communities would be very difficult in the short term, but I firmly believe it would give us an incredibly strong foundation for the difficult decades ahead. Now that said, in defense of Sacred Heart, if we are going to maintain four different communities, this parish is the model for how it can be done. Sacred Heart, to my great embarrassment as an administrator, basically runs itself. We have strong leadership in all of our ministries. We have strong financial giving that allows us to maintain our buildings and pay our staff without difficulty. And we now have an exciting parish growth process that is allowing us to prepare for the future. If something urgent comes up elsewhere, I know that I can forget about Sacred Heart for days or weeks at a time, and I feel guilty about it, but I trust that it will continue without issue. This is exactly what is necessary in a cluster situation. The priest has to be free to put his attention to where it is most needed, sometimes to address crises and sometimes to help ministries grow. Sacred Heart has allowed me to do that, and that has been a huge blessing. Of course, this ability to self-govern and maintain our existence in a cluster comes with two potential downsides. First, we have to be careful not to convince ourselves that priests are irrelevant to our parish. The priest, by the fact of his ordination, is entrusted with shepherding the community of the church. When priests come in with different gifts and different ideas, it is important for our community to consider these new perspectives with an open mind and to give space for the priest to be a shepherd, even if he is a short-term vicar. I do not think this is a current problem for our parish, as I have personally experienced generous openness and receptivity to my ideas and challenges. But I want to name this as a potential future pitfall so that we can continue to guard against it. Second, I worry about how the existence of our parish affects the other parishes in Skagit County. The demographics of Sacred Heart look a lot more like Bellevue than Burlington, and our parishioners possess an abundance of leadership experience and financial giving. Every time I struggle to pay the bills or find leaders at St. Charles, I cannot help but wonder if this is because Sacred Heart has claimed so much of the wealth and expertise in the area, leaving the other parishes bereft. I know most people are here because they feel at home here, and I would never begrudge someone the ability to attend a parish that inspires them. But I want us to be aware of this difficulty and consider ways we might correct it. Are we, for example, called to assist the other parishes financially? Or should we be raising up ministers and ministries at our parish that we can send out to the other parishes, 
like missionaries, so that all of Skagit County can be as strong as our one parish. I have, for example, seen us do both of these things beautifully with the food bank. But the food bank is not the only ministry in Skagit County. Okay. I've said what I needed to say and have given you my honest read on our present and our future. This is not my last Mass at Sacred Heart, but it is close. So I want to leave you with this. I am so grateful to God and to you for my time here. Parish priesthood does not make sense apart from the people. And it has been an incredible blessing for me that you were the first community of people I was privileged to love as a priest. May Jesus, the one true shepherd, continue to bless us all as we strive together to feed his sheep.